0: Scripture reading um, is not in Corinthians, it is in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 through 13. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, and trust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus, no soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life, so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Also, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not win the prize unless he competes according to the rules. The hard-working farmer ought to be the first to receive his share of the crops. Consider what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Remember, Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, descendant of David, according to my gospel, for which I suffer hardship, even to imprisonment as a criminal, but the word of God is not imprisoned. For this reason I endure all things for the sake of those who are chosen, so that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus and and its eternal glory. It is a trustworthy statement, for if we die with him, we will also live with him. If we endure with him, we will also reign with him. And if we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself.
1: Thank you, Timothy. Let's uh, pray for the message. Father, we thank you for the opportunity now to open your word, and we just pray for our pastor that you would empower him, Father clearly communicate the truths from your word. We thank you and we look forward to what uh, you have in store for us this morning, Father. pray that your Holy Spirit would
0: be active amongst us, that we would understand and comprehend and and see how we can apply these truths to our lives. We thank you for this, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Good morning. Happy uh, Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday is the Day when the Messiah came into Jerusalem. And it seemed like the crowd accepted their Messiah. But by the end of the week, they were crying out, Crucify Him, Crucify Him. One of the interesting things about Palm Sunday is that it is a message of victory. And it really is. So, we're in Romans chapter 5. And I was very optimistic and I thought we'd be able to cover one verse in 45, 90 minutes or so. (laughs) So, we're going to try to cover one verse this morning. If you remember last week, what we talked about, We talked about how God, through Jesus Christ, offers us free gifts. And we talked about how that through Adam, we receive death. And we talked about how that death could be spiritually, physically, or eternally. And may actually have referred all of them. And how Jesus Christ leads us into the grace of God. How Jesus Christ leads us to forgiveness with God. How Jesus Christ leads to the work of justification. And how God continues to bless us through Jesus Christ. And in verse 17, we have a similar theme to it. We have a similar theme of receiving from Jesus Christ, by the work of Jesus Christ, great blessings. There was a pastor who had a habit of shaking hands at the door going out of church. Hmm. You may think of that as familiar or not. He was shaking hands and a little boy came up and in his hand was a quarter. And the little boy gave the quarter to the pastor as he was shaking hands with the pastor getting ready to leave. The pastor was kind of surprised by that, but didn't say anything. The next Sunday, the little boy left and had another quarter in his hand and shook the hand of the pastor as he went out the door, and the pastor was surprised again and didn't know what to say. He figured out, though, that he would ask the boy if it happened a third time. The following Sunday, same thing happened. Little boy had a quarter in his hand, and he gave it to pastor. He stopped the boy and said, Why are you giving me quarters when you leave church? little boy said, quote, Well, I just wanted to help you. My dad says, you're the poorest preacher we've ever had. (laughs) Now, I will not accept any quarters when you leave this morning. But the interesting thing was the boy tried to give a gift to the pastor. And the interesting thing is that Jesus Christ tries to give you gifts as well. Okay, The first thing you need to realize, and we'll go through it quickly, is why you need gifts. What makes you poor? Look at verse 17. Why are you poor? For if by the transgression of the one, death reigned through the one. For if by the transgression of the one, death reigned through the one. You are poor because of transgressions done by the one who in the context here is Adam. In the garden, he had one commandment from God, do not take from this tree. And he broke it. He took from the tree. And because he took that transgression, that false step against God, he entered into a new relationship with death. Last week we talked about spiritual death, physical death, eternal death. And I think all three of those came into being because of that first sin. And because of that first sin, you and I are poor in our relationship with a holy God. Because through Adam we got a sin nature that continues to corrupt, continues to trespass, continues to transgress against the commands of God. What will happen to a person who by his very nature follows the leadership of Adam to continue to sin? Number one, the sinner will receive death through Adam. The sinner will receive death through Adam. For by one. For if by one. For if by one transgression. Through one person, Adam. Death reigned through one. In the Greek, it's a first class condition. It's going to be true. Maybe better translated, since there's one transgression, death will reign. Transgression, we talked about false steps. One trespass caused all mankind, all people, the world over to commit false steps. We are accountable for condemnation. Because of Adam's one sin, death reigned. Death became king of this world. Death is supreme. No human can defeat death. No human can escape death. It all happened because of Adam. So technically, spiritually, physically, eternally, you are poor and need help. I don't think a quarter will help you when you leave church. You need much more than that. So we're going to try to look this morning, now that we've gone done with the first page there, to the second page in the handout. We are done with that first question. We have gone very quickly through that first question. Record time. Through that first question. But we're going to stall a little bit on the second question. What does Jesus Christ do for you? How does he give you things? What gifts does he bring to you? How does he help you out? What does a believer receive from God because of the work of justification? Justification declares you righteous by the judge. You are declared righteous, acceptable to a holy God. What does he do for you? Well, first answer we're going to look at. We're going to go back a little bit. We're going to talk about chapter 5, beginning of verse 1, going all the way down to verse 16. Believers receive gifts from God. Now, if we just stopped with the first 16 verses, we would have enough. Now, I want you to notice the comparison that's being made in verses 1 through 16. There's Adam, and there's Jesus Christ. I'm going to add a third column to this, you believers. Those who have been justified. If you have been reconciled with God, what gifts did God give to you because of your reconciliation with God? First thing I want you to notice is there are certain actions that you take. Adam took an act of a disobedience. Jesus took an act. What was his? His was obedience. One sin by one man. One work of grace by one Savior. And then the believer has a relationship here with a gift. Notice the gift in verse 1. You receive peace with God. Peace with God. We can probably stop right there and end the service. If you have peace with God, you have everything you need. To make it in this world. But wait. It's like a bad infomercial. Wait. There's more. There's a result that takes place. Because of Adam's sin. Death rules. Because of Jesus Christ's Work of obedience. Life rules. How does that affect the believer? What happens to the believer? He receives grace of God. And the love of God. We see that in verse 5. You receive grace of God and the love of God. Both of those were written in the perfect tense. You get them at a point in time in the past and you continue to have them forever. You have the grace of God and the love of God. Now, along with the peace of God, that's all you need. But wait, there's more. There are people that are rulers over this planet because of Adam's work and Jesus Christ's work and the believer's life. First off, Adam, he brings into a king into the world where death reigns. Death reigns. Jesus comes into the world through his obedience and life. He gives grace. Grace reigns. What happens to the believer? What gift does a believer receive? He receives the Holy Spirit, the end of verse five, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit remains with you forever. Now that should be enough. The love of God should be enough. The grace of God should be enough. The peace with God should be enough. But wait, there's more. There is a certain state that you enter into. Because of Adam, you enter into condemnation. Because of the work of Jesus Christ, you enter into justification. What does this do to the believer? Well, that leads us to verse 17. Verse 17. For if by the transgression of the one, death reigned through the one, much more. If you write in your Bibles, underline those two words, much more. If I could translate the Greek literally, literally as much as I can, as clearly as I can, I would translate it into English, much more. You receive much more because of the work of Jesus Christ than you do because of the work of Adam. What do you get with Adam? You get sin. Death, condemnation. But Jesus Christ gives you much more. If you're a visual person, draw a circle, put sin, death, and condemnation in that circle, and then draw a circle bigger than that. And those are the gifts that come with Jesus Christ. Your life will always be greater than sin, death, and condemnation. Because of the work of Jesus Christ. You have been given a lot. Matter of fact, if I was to get a great phrase up, I would say you would get much more. Much more. Those who receive. Those who receive. You receive, you have provisions made, it's available for all, but it must be received by the sinner. If a sinner does not receive it, if he does not accept it, he does not get it. He stays in his circle with sin, death, and condemnation. You are forever in that circle. You cannot move out of that circle. Nothing you do will get you out of that circle. You are in bed with death, sin, and condemnation. You cannot move from that place. There is only one way you receive the gifts of Jesus Christ. And you got it. You're thinking it. You know it. You receive it by faith. Faith. You receive justification by faith. You receive peace with God by faith. You receive the grace of God, the love of God by faith. You receive it because you place your trust in the promises of God for your salvation. You believe the work of Jesus Christ did the work that qualified you to receive the gift that comes from God. You did it by faith. You placed your trust in the work Of Jesus Christ. So. What is the first thing you receive? The abundance of grace. Number two. Believers receive. The abundance of grace. Believers receive. The abundance of grace. Of God. The grace of God. It's a personal choice. That you receive. Present tense by the way. So it's kind of like a continual process of receiving these gifts every day. Specifically, the grace of God every day. You receive it every day. And it does not come in a measuring device. I wish I probably should have gotten a a vase or something that holds things. Because if we were a businessman, you come into my business establishment in that day, I would say, I will sell you a vase full of corn. And what I will do is I'll sit down and I'll get my bag of corn and I'll fill it up for whatever, 500 denarii or whatever, whatever price I work out. And I will say, I'll fill this vase up and you get the corn for the denaries you give me. And I would sit down, I'd cross my legs, I'd put it in my lap, and my robe would cover the uh, area between my legs, and it would be a blanket there underneath the vase, and I'd fill up the vase, and any corn that falls out of the vase would fall into my robe. Then I would give you a bag full of corn that I'd pour from my vase into your bag, and that is what you get for the 900 denarii you give me. But this word abundance is used a different way. Instead of the businessman getting the vase full of corn and giving it to you, the vase is put in your lap. And then the vase is full up with corn. And guess what Jesus does? He pours a little bit more and it pours into your lap. And he says, well, you can have that too. And then he pours a little bit more. Then he shakes the vase a little bit so it settles down, and then pours a little bit more. And all of a sudden, you got more in your lap than you have in the vase. That's an abundance. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are given an abundance of grace not a little bit not the minimum not even what you deserve you receive an abundance of grace this grace is overflowing measure of grace it flows into your lap the abundance of grace will benefit the believer far more than the negatives that comes with adam sin death and condemnation grace will overflow and block out that circle because grace is grace grace talks about something received grace is what salvation is by the grace of God any promise from God is an act of grace Grace gives God glory and gives the believer the source of every blessing. It's grace. It's grace. There's a believer who a uh, long time ago wrote down what grace was. He was dying and he wrote down, quote, Grace is the only thing that can make us like God. I might be dragged through heaven, earth, and hell, and I would still be the same sinful, polluted wretch unless God himself should cleanse me by his grace. Grace cleans you up and makes you acceptable to God. Grace is what changes your life. Another scholar put it this way, salvation does not come by baptism, confirmation, by communion, by church membership, by church attendance, by keeping the Ten Commandments or trying to live up to the Sermon on the Mount, by serving other people or even serving God. It does not come up by being morally upright, respectable, self-giving, nor does it come by simply believing that there is a God or that Jesus Christ is his son. Salvation comes by grace. And you are saved by grace. And God gives you not a little bit, not the minimum, not the requirement. He gives you an abundance of grace. An abundance of grace. Turn to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. I want to share with you another aspect that you remember when we were in chapter 3. And since all of you remember, turn there. So we'll read it again. Romans chapter 3, verse 24. Romans chapter 3, verse 24. Being justified as a, what's the word? Gift. You are justified as a gift by His grace. Through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. What does a believer receive from God because of the work of justification? A believer receives the mark, the work of redemption from Jesus Christ. Receives the work of redemption from Jesus Christ. How does it come? It comes by God the Father doing the work of justification. God the Father has to work justification. When you are justified, it is a work of God the Father. You are justified as a gift. You do not do anything to deserve it. The word justified is passive. It's given to you. It's a gift. You are given a gift. And by that gift, it is done through the work of Jesus Christ, which is an act of love, of sacrifice by God giving his son a gift without cost and it purchases redemption by the work of Jesus Christ so Jesus Christ paid the price for your grace he paid the price the love of God shows his love by giving his son the work of God the father justifies you so you have justifies you're redeemed you have Work done on your behalf so you can be saved and receive all the gifts that God wants to give you. And you do nothing but receive the gift. Redemption means to deliver at a cost, to release by payment. Let me say that again deliver at a cost. Or release by payment. The payment was done by Jesus Christ on the cross. God declares a sinner as if he were completely righteous. Just out of the goodness of God's blessing. But salvation comes with a price. The blood of Jesus Christ. And that word redemption. Gives a ransom to your life. And with that work. You are given grace. Uh, abundance of grace. Now, real quick, Romans uses the word grace a number of different ways. One way is in verse chapter 1, verse 7, and chapter 16, verse 20, he uses it as, as a greeting, a hello. In chapter 6, verse 17, and chapter 7, verse 25, he uses a second way as a word of thanksgiving, a thanks, saying thank you. Third way he uses it is in chapter 12. He uses it talking about uh, a ministry gift of grace so that you are given a gift of grace to minister and serve others in the church. But the fourth way is is the most dominant. And the fourth way grace is given salvation as a gift. Now Romans looks at salvation by grace in two different ways. One way is that you are given grace so you can be saved as a gift and then second it talks about grace being given to you as power so that you can be saved. And in chapter 5 and chapter 6, Paul is talking about power that grace has. So, in order for you to be saved, God the Father has to do the work of justification. God the Father has to love you and send His Son. Then His Son has to do a work on the cross so that you can be saved and receive this grace. When you receive this grace, it comes with salvation and power. Salvation and power. Turn to Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2. want to show you how this power and grace works. So that you can have power and grace in your life. And experience it and know it. Titus chapter 2. Get Thessalonians, keep going. Get to Timothy, keep going. Get to Titus right after 2 Timothy. Go chapter 2 and verse 11. If you write in your Bibles, you're going to like this verse. Here you go Titus chapter 2, verse 11. Verse 11. Number 4. What happens? What does a believer receive from God because of the work of justification? Verse 11. Everybody there? For the grace of God has appeared. Notice that. The grace of God has appeared. How do you know? Bringing salvation to all men. By bringing salvation to all men. Number four. Believers receive the work of salvation from God. If you experience grace, one of the first things that happens is you experience salvation. And you are saved. Because you are saved, you have hope because of God's grace. That hope causes you <laughs> to see the work of salvation, the work of love by God, the work of Jesus Christ by shedding his blood, so that you can see the work of justification by God the Father, so that you can see it uh, literally appear to mankind, literally means to become visible, or to be uh, to made an appearance, to be visible or made an appearance you have salvation. And, wait, there's, not, there's more. Verse 12. Instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, godly in the present age. When you experience grace, you experience salvation, and then you experience the powers of grace, and that grace and power cause you to live differently. You do not live morally to be saved. But when you are saved, you have the power by the grace of God to live differently. So, if you're a believer, and you're constantly battling with sin, something's wrong. Because grace gives you the power to live morally. And victorious over sin. Again, the circle is bigger with grace than sin, death, and condemnation. You have the ability to live differently. Number five. Turn back to Romans chapter 5, verse 17. For if by the transgression of the one death reigned through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. And of the gift of righteousness. Number five, what does a believer receive from God because of the work of justification? Number five, believers receive the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God. Usually uh, when I give you an answer, It's usually a little bit different than the verse, so I can kind of chew it up in my head and try to communicate to your head. Guess what? Nothing's changed in this one because there's nothing better than this answer. If I change it, it'll go down a step. You understand? The best thing you have is the righteousness of God because of the grace of God. He gives you the gift of righteousness. This is how you live differently. You live a righteous life, not by the work of yourself, but you get it as a gift from God. You live righteously because you've been justified. It's a gift. A gift must be received. The sinner then receives the gift and is declared righteous. And you do righteous acts. The gift comes by the grace of God. The gift allows a sinner to escape punishment, condemnation, and be at peace with God. And you receive righteousness. For a sinner, the sin he produces will lead to condemnation. Righteousness is not earned by a sinner, but it's given to a sinner. For the believer, the grace that he receives from God will lead to righteousness and you will do the righteous thing. Write this down. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21. Listen to this. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God. The whole plan of God was to get you to receive the gift of righteousness so that you can be righteous before a holy God. And you do it By the work of grace. You do it by the gift of righteousness. By the work of justification. You are made righteous. And one of the privileges we have. Is to live on this planet. And do righteous things now. To give glory to God. To be righteous. So that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Number six. For if by the transgressions of the one death reign through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one. Will reign in life through the one. What does a believer receive from God because of the work of justification? Number six, believer receives the honor to reign with Jesus Christ in the future. To reign with Jesus Christ in the future. What is it? It's a prince, right? Prince and a princess? They're the ones that are going to be on the throne, but they're not on the throne now. You and I are not on the throne now, but we will be because of God's work of justification, God's work of grace, God's work of righteousness, God's work in our lives now. We will reign. Will reign is future tense. Talking about one day in the future will reign. And if you were to translate the Greek into English straight from the Greek, it would be in life will reign. In life will reign. Revelation two five. Don't turn there, write it down Twenty-two-five, and there will be no longer any night and they will have no need of the light of the lamp nor the light of the sun because the Lord God will illuminate them and they will reign forever and ever and ever. Your future is reigning. The promise to the believer is to reign. You will be a co-reigner with Jesus Christ. You will reign with him. Oh, you don't look like you believe me. Turn to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy, chapter 2. 2 Timothy, chapter 2. Where we're doing our scripture reading. Verse 12. 2 Timothy, chapter 2, verse 12. A lot of twos there. 2 Timothy, chapter 2, verse 12. Notice what it says. If we endure, we will also reign with Him. If we deny Him, He also will deny us. You receive the reward of a position. If you endure. In other words, a believer has to endure. What do you endure? You endure this life. And the suffering of this life. The standing up for Jesus Christ. The ridicule you'll get. The rejection you'll get when you share your faith. You share your faith. You endure this life. You endure the suffering of this life. You endure the battle with sin. You endure the the battle with death. But if you endure, you will reign with Jesus Christ. The future reigning will be with Jesus Christ. The believer who endures will co-rule with Jesus Christ. You will reign with Jesus Seven, Go back to Romans chapter 5. 7. For by the transgressions of the one, death reign through the one much more. Those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life. In life. What does the believer receive from God that could possibly, that because of the work of justification? Number 7. The believer receives the life of God. The believer receives the life of God. Now, if you think that sounds a little vague, you struggle with this verse. Okay? Come up with a better way. I'm telling you that it's the life of God. What life could it be talking about? It could be talking about physical life now, and it could talk, be talking about heavenly life. So go ahead and ask me which one. Which one that Both of them. I think both of them. I think the benefit comes with living the life of God helps you now in this life and in the future life. Now Romans loves to use life referring to the future. And I think this is why it's connected to reigning in future tense. It may be talking about heavenly life, but we have so many verses talking about eternal life beginning now. So you... One of the gifts you have that you receive from God because you've been justified is you receive the life of God. And I believe the Bible teaches you have the life of God now. I think that's what it means when it talks about you becoming a new creation. You have the life of God and that life of God will change this world and change the next world and you will have the life of God God's power by God's power he can make things alive that were dead in the bonds of sin he can make them alive 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 22 for as in Adam all die so also in Christ all will be made alive. You get the gift of the life of God. One of the key things about God is He does not perish. Guess what you get? Life that will be eternal. Life that will be eternal and it starts now and you will be different now. This is a huge deal. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Turn there. Turn there. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. You'll like this verse. Don't let it confuse you. You'll like this verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 10. He starts out by saying, Paul says, Always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus. In other words, he seems to be describing you carrying around a dead body. Okay? Don't get confused. So that the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our bodies. Okay? Jesus died. You carry around that dead body. You will also experience the live body, the resurrected body. You submit to a divine commission. You become a Jesus body carrier. You are justified. You carry the body of Jesus Christ. You submit to a supernatural testimony that you have that you carry the body of Jesus Christ. So, think about it. Tomorrow you wake up, you put on the body of Jesus Christ, and you carry it around everywhere you go. You cannot separate your life from the life of Jesus Christ. He, he goes with you. Everywhere. Verse 11. For we who live are constantly being delivered over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifest in our mortal bodies. So... You may may receive suffering by carrying around the body of Jesus Christ. It may happen. But also what will happen is you'll carry around the life of Jesus Christ. So you will be alive more than ever before by carrying around the dead body of Christ. Verse 12. So death works in us, but life in you. Now this is good. You serve others by carrying around the dead body of Christ. When you share the gospel message, you are carrying around the dead body of Christ and you are showing people that you have life in Jesus Christ because he's been resurrected. And you show (laughs) and suffer and you share the gospel message at the point of suffering and losing friends and losing uh, jobs or losing money or losing whatever you lose. But you do it because you are sharing a live, resurrected Jesus Christ. And he goes with you everywhere you go. And you go and you share the body of the living Jesus Christ. And what he's saying is that when you share the gospel, you are carrying the dead body when you accept the gospel and repent of your sins, you have accepted carrying the live body, Jesus Christ. So, you get both. You get covered by the dead sacrifice that paid for your sins, and you get the victorious power over death through the living, resurrected Jesus Christ. You get it all. And it comes as a gift of grace by being justified. When you're justified, you are in the best possible place you could be. Here we go. Number eight. What does a believer receive from God because of the work of justification? Well, I think we almost read the whole verse. Verse 17. For if by the transgression of the one death reigned through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one. Whew. Wait a minute, I skipped something. What did I skip? <sighs> receive the abundance of grace and the gift of the righteous will reign through the life, through the one. Who's the one? Jesus Christ. Put it this way. Number eight, believers will receive a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ. The work of Jesus Christ is the opposite of the sin, death, and condemnation that comes with Adam. Jesus Christ is the source of grace, righteousness, and life. He is Jesus Christ. Jesus is the Greek form of Joshua, which means God will save. God will save. The name Jesus refers to his birth, ministry, suffering, and death. It occurs 917 times in the New Testament but he also has another name, Christ. Christ points to the Messiah. Christ points to the exalted Son of God. Christ points to his office of Messiah. Christ points to his victory and resurrection and living at the right hand of God the Father. Cursed 529 times. 529 times. Jesus Christ, and that is our Lord. You receive a relationship with the King of kings and Lord of lords. And you have a relationship with him that gives you everything you need. Everything you need. So, well, I appreciate the gifts that come from God. By his work of justification so that I can have a positive outlook on this life. And the life to come. You get gifts. They come from God by the work of justification. And you can have a positive outlook on whatever happens this week. Either you carry around the dead body of Jesus to share the gospel or you carry around the resurrected body to remind yourself you have life and you live. Let's talk about it. Let's add it up. Let's go on sides. Let's go scale. Let's figure it out. How's it go? Okay, let's go. If you want to be a sinner, what do you get? Okay? We're very clear with this. Sinners receive death through Adam. You get death. You get death. That's it. I'm done with you. Death. But if you're a believer, what do you get? You get an abundance of grace. You get the righteousness of God. You get a life with God. You get to reign with Jesus Christ. You get Everything. Let me think. Which do I want? Mm, death or everything? Death or everything? Shouldn't be that hard. A pastor was going to a conference to preach. And he lived in the north. Northeast, New York, that area. And he was taking a drive and he was preaching down south. And he stopped at a roadside diner in South Carolina. He stopped and he ordered eggs and sausage for breakfast. And the pastor waited. And he looked at his plate when the plate came from the waitress and he saw this big blob of white stuff on his plate. And he goes, what's the blob of white stuff? And the waitress said, those are grits. And he goes, well, I didn't order any grits. And she said, they just come. Very much like grace. Grace. It just comes. It just comes. I love grits, by the way. It just comes. It just comes. What comes with your relationship with God is grace. And righteousness. And reigning. And life. And a Lord. You have everything. First off, this week, don't pity yourself for being a Christian. You have everything. This week, don't forget to share with the non-believers the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because that's Easter. That's Resurrection Sunday. And if you have a hard time with them, invite them to come to church next Sunday. And if you are playing church, remember you only have three things ahead of you. Sin, death, and condemnation. But with Jesus Christ, there is much more. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this time in your word. I pray, Father, that you will help us to understand how much more we have with you that this world seems to make it feel like that Christians are weak and have nothing to live for and are missing out on all the fun of life. But, Father, what we have is much, much more. I pray, Father, that you will be glorified through our week as we share with others the good news of Jesus Christ, that there is much more with Christ. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.